Welcome back, everybody. You're here at Secret Truths, Conspiracy Theories Exposed. I'm your host, Mark Willison, along with my co-host, Scott Patton. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing great, Mark. And it looks like there's good news on the beef pea front. So they say, so they say. It seems like they've got this oil rig all capped off and... uh, and then no more oil spilling out of there, so that's that's great news. So what do you think? Well, I I think it's uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like putting a they're, they're maybe just putting a bandaid on the on the whole sore to to try and cover it up a little bit. But um, I I think it's certainly good a good step in the right direction. You know, we've been calling for them to get this stupid hole plugged for for weeks on end now, and you know, I guess it seems like maybe they they might have got something right here. So, good. so that's good. I'm happy to I'm happy to hear a little bit of progress. Um, I think it's a little, I think it's I think it's interesting. I've heard some some interesting perspective on the whole situation, and and I know that we've uh, we kind of threw thrown the President Obama under the bus a couple times here in regards to what at least what I feel to be his. Uh, I don't know. He, it seems like he's just sitting on his hands, I guess, or not really taking, you know, he's the president of the United States, and I, didn't, I never got the sense of feeling that he was taking charge and taking control of this thing. Mm. And what I heard is that the well, the BP actually wants, you know, they, they want to cap this well as soon as possible and stop that oil from gushing out. Because in terms of their liability, they're liable for every single barrel of oil that leaks out of that thing. You know that's that's just money racking up for them, right? So the sooner they can get this this flow shut off, I think I think the better that is in their interest. However, we've we've kind of talked about in the past if you were to, you know, if you're it's kind of like the old uh, cartoon that, where you see the somebody trying to stick their finger in the dam to plug the leak, and then all of a sudden leaks are popping out all over the place, and the guy's got two three fingers and his toes, and before you know it, he runs out of. Uh, fingers and toes to stick in the holes in the in the dam and of course the the dam eventually breaks open and i think that that scenario is certainly a you know i mean at least it it makes plausible sense in my mind that we should be taking that into account and at least addressing that issue and we've talked about the fissures that are fissures that are underneath the you know the cracks in the in the sea floor down there where where they're having seepages of oil and natural gas coming out and we've talked about the how it looks like the the seafloor there is actually rising, like as the, you know the way that a bubble would, for example. And so now that we've got this thing capped, we've got all this pressure, and there you know there were increased reports of more fissures, and we got we got a big leak apparently detected two miles away from the actual well. And this thing is, uh, from what they as far as they can tell right now, it's it's leaking a vast amount of, of methane. Oh, into the water there, and so they don't know. You know, we we don't exactly know yet how how related to this is. Is this just something that's happening naturally, or is this actually a byproduct of what's what's going on with that well over there? And I think they're all. I think it's you know certainly certainly good questions, and time will tell. Um, but it was interesting what I was hearing in terms of you know the political battle that's going on. I had not realized that this was such a a political um, football, I guess, if you will, and it's kind of going back and forth. And you know, we've got a lot of people wanting to, you know, lay the, we've heard all about the the fighting over who's responsible, who's to blame for all of this mess. 
And I think most of us would agree that the BP certainly has the has the shoulder, uh, at least the brunt of it, in my opinion. But well, and also, if there is a, uh, you know, it depends on what other companies are involved in. You know, the company that leased <coughs> leased the equipment and the company that's supposed to be maintaining it are all probably different companies from BP, right? And it seems to me that they would all, you know, anybody that has anything to do with that well probably needs to share in that responsibility. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's the type of thing where you can just lay blame on, oh, blame it on Dick Cheney or George Bush and their energy policies and the secret energy meetings, how they, you know, caused all of this stuff to happen with their deregulation or whatever. And maybe that is, you know, maybe that's the case, but... But I think that, you know, there's still gross negligence uh, here on ter in terms of the companies that are actually operating this rig. Absolutely. But, but what if, you know, what if it was the case where, you know, if you were BP and there's all this pressure, you know, everybody's telling you to, you know, get that thing capped, get that thing capped, and, you know, stop the, stop the flow of oil, and you're like, okay, well, so be it. We'll, we'll do what you're saying here, and, of course, it's in their best interest to cap it, too. But... What if you knew that that cap wasn't going to hold? What if you knew that it would actually create more problems than it's going to solve? At that point, it becomes a matter of, you know, once again, we're playing the blame game. And so I think one of the reasons that Obama and the administration have kind of taken a hands-off approach here and pretty much let BP be handling this thing all on their own is because they're worried about the blowback if, if they say, you know, if they get all involved in gung-ho and decide, hey, here's what we're going to go and do, and this thing just, you know, maybe BP knows that they're, you know, it's just a can of worms and, you know, there's nothing they can do about it. This thing is sitting on a well that, you know, has so much methane in it or something. It's just, you know, it's it's highly volatile. We don't know exactly what the situation is, but but I could just imagine, you know, being being the president and feeling pressured or, you know, having that pressure of BP wanting to be able to lay the blame with the government and be able to pass the buck and say, okay, see, you guys took control. You did exactly what we told you not to do or what we recommended, you know, is, was not taken into consideration. And you guys went and went off half-cocked like a bunch of cowboys, and look where we are now. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, if I, was a, if I was a Republican or, you know, if you're on the other, side, the other, the other party than, than the Obama administration, it, it would certainly give you a lot of fuel for the fire in terms of upcoming elections and, and sound bites and just making entertainment, I guess, on the right. So I, I, I thought that was really interesting to see to hear that, you know, maybe maybe Obama does not have the authority or the you know, is not in position right now without without risking taking you know, making a a huge political blunder, I guess, and, and just getting him getting his clock cleaned on this issue. So it's a real landmine, isn't it? I tell you, I, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't looked at it from that kind of a perspective before, and I, I kind of felt bad for the guy. I can, I can, I, I certainly wouldn't wish, wish to have his jobs and have the responsibility of making all those kinds of decisions, especially knowing, you know, that no matter what you do, they're gonna, they're gonna try and make, you know, twist it around on you one way or the other. So, it's kind of like, uh, kind of the old rock in a hard place situation. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um. You know, I didn't know if you were hearing about the fishermen. You know, they're talking about the, the cleanup crew over there. Yeah, well, along I've, the I've read that already $4 billion has been spent on the cleanup, and, of course, we know that that's hardly made a dent in it. 
Right, but they're but you'll know you you notice that they're making a big deal about how much money is being spent on the cleanup. Yeah. And what I heard is that they're actually trying to get as many fishermen out there to do the cleanup as they possibly can. And anybody, you know, volunteers and other people that are trying to go over there and that are not affiliated with the fishing industry are basically being turned away and outcast and said, hey, we, we don't want your help. And from, from what I hear, is they, they're saying that if you pay the fishermen to go out there and do the cleanup and you get rid of all, you know, you purge the ranks of all, any outsiders, then what, they, then what they're going to try and do later on down the line here is be able to write off all of that, you know, when BP gets sued over this whole deal, all of the, all of the pay that these fishermen have got to clean up this oil spill is going to get deducted against that settlement. And so they're trying to use as much fisherman labor and keep it all in-house as they can to make themselves look good and say, hey, look, we're helping the fishing industry and all of this stuff so that in the long run, they'll be able to just write it off. I thought that is, man, that's, you know, it's kind of like what we were seeing over in Haiti and stuff when they're turning away the relief effort, and it's just like, I don't understand how if you're in this major disaster and you need all the help you can get, how you'd be turning people away and saying we don't want the help. Well, I was actually uh, on the, listening to the radio the other day, and they had a fellow on who um, was talking about what Louisiana is doing. And they've put up a sand barrier off the coast of Louisiana, the purpose of which is to catch the oil. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, the problem they ran into, of course, is it's sand. <laughs> so a storm comes so along, and what happens to the sand? Yeah, it gets washed away. It gets washed away. So what the Louisiana governor's office wants to do is make it a hard barrier, which means that they take... Uh, rocks and they pile up rocks to hold the sand in. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that all sounds reasonable on the uh, you know because basically it's this this oil water the oil is going to hit this barrier it is it's going to collect there they can clean it up there and then it saves the wetlands and everything else from getting the oil right. The problem Absolutely. yeah yeah. And, but the problem is, is that all the scientists and engineers and everybody that you ask outside of the Louisiana governor's office says it's a bad idea. And if, if you just put the sand there and you keep pumping sand there and the storms come and blow it away and you keep pumping sand there, then that's not such a bad deal because eventually it's going to turn to normal. But if you put this, four, it's 40 miles long. It's, I think it's a couple miles now, but the plan is to make it 40 miles long. If you put a 40-mile long barrier in the middle, I facetiously say the middle of Gulf of Mexico, it's like a couple, I don't know how many miles off the coast of Louisiana, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't never goes away, it's going to impact all the currents, all the, the ba- basically the natural environment of the, of the Gulf. So all the currents are going to start changing, everything's going to start changing. And this particular scientist was saying, you know, we've, Everyone that's studied this and looked at this from a scientific point of view uh, thinks that it's an environmental disaster that could impact the wetlands and the beaches and everything worse than the oil spill. Wow. And he says the only people that seem to think this is a good idea are the 
I'll call them political hacks, but really just people in the governor's office because they're the ones that are saying, okay, we're doing this and everything else. And all the engineers, all the environmental scientists, all the regular scientists, all the oceanographers, everybody else is saying this, you know, just putting the sand up temporarily, it'll be gone, is fine. But if you make this a solid barrier, you're going to screw up the whole ecosystem uh, around the Louisiana part of the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, absolutely. And I, I guess this is just an example of how one, you know, idea of a solution, not looking at necessarily all the other ramifications, uh, can create a bigger, bigger problem. Oh, yeah. Like we're, you know, we've talked about, you, you've mentioned to me about the, uh, is, it, is, it the is it off of France where they have that huge garbage pile, waste pile of stuff in the ocean, you know, that just keeps washing up there because the current's, that's where the currents end up taking it. Oh, perhaps. I, I, th I, I think I remember something about that. It's like this giant landfill in the ocean, basically, where all the currents are bringing all the garbage to this one place. Yeah, it's the size of France, and it's in the uh, Pacific. Because oh, that's the, right. That's the right. Southern, um, the way the currents go in the south, it moves all one way, and the way the current goes in the north, it all moves a different way, but it all kind of becomes a bit of a circle, and everything starts to accumulate in the middle of the circle, and that circle is now the size of France, full of you know plastic bottles and and other stuff that floats that we've put in there. Right, and I, you know, I it makes me it makes me think of that same situation when I think about well, the, you know, if you start messing with the ocean currents and you know you're gonna you know tweak something over here and it's gonna mess something up over there and you know like how do you how do you actually fight that out? Is you know, if you got one country that's like, well, this is my land, and we're going to do what we want with it, or this is you know our domain or whatever, and then you've got some other country that's saying, well, yeah, you may be, you know, you may be on your territory over there doing your thing, but it's actually affecting us all the way over here, and you know, I mean, that's a, you know, that starts to become quite the gray area, I think, in terms of who's who's right and who has rights to that land and what you can do with it in relation to how it affects others. I don't think we've really gone down that road in terms of the world yet. No, that's right. Uh, and, I, and I get really, you know, I, I get a little frustrated with, with the whole trying to barrier, create a barrier for this oil because, you know, obviously they're going to have a storm at some point. And it seems to me that if you end up like sticking it up, you know, putting it in this big pool, it, it's just like kind of like a giant target. And if some sto storm does come ripping through there, this stuff, the oil is going to be so concentrated at that point, it's going to be, I mean, it's just going to be such a mess. And and from what I, you know, there's they have reports right now of people all across, all across the Midwest there that are, you know, experience and, and the East Coast even, where they're experiencing. Benzene rains, I believe it. I, I believe it is. It's you know, oh, benzene yeah. is the the nasty chemical that's in that uh, the the dispersant that they're using illegally over there. And so this stuff is evaporate. You know, you get oil. That, I didn't realize that oil evaporates. I mean, kind of like gasoline or whatever. Not as fast as gasoline, but just like water or any other thing, it actually evaporates at a certain point. And certainly, those toxic chemicals that they're using for dispersants are are getting evaporated as well, and people are reporting that it's, you know, leaves of their plants are curling up and dying, and farmers are reporting that, you know, entire corn crops are being lost. 
because it's, you know, it's just the rain is just literally killing the plants. And they said that if you actually, in some places of the country right now, if you stick a glass of water, or I'm sorry, a gla- an empty glass outside when it's raining, that the glass of water that you'll end up with, you'll be able to see that rainbowish looking tint on the on the surface of the on the surface of the glass, you know, like if you were to drop a little bit of gasoline or something in there, you get that you know how it makes that little rainbow kind of yeah, colors yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you get that same effect and you can actually see this toxic you know, these toxic chemicals being rained down all over the place. Wow. So it's I, who knows? And and the more I hear about this methane, methane thing too, you know, that's you know, it doesn't even have to necessarily explode. Just people breathing it and having that getting in the atmosphere. I mean, thing is causing a lot of problems. And and I just uh, I hope that it's not. I hope this isn't the beginning of uh, the cycle of things getting worse because uh, you know, everybody's kind of like wash their hands of it, okay, oil spill is over with, and let's move on to the next thing, you know, what's up with Lindsay Lohan or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> what is up with her? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's a good question. I have the darndest idea, actually. <laughs> Talk about screwing up for someone's life. Yeah, really. She's off to jail. <laughs> Once again. Once again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know what to what to say other than, you know, they they have got just a huge mess over there, and and we'll see we'll see how long this cap holds, and and if they do take it off, you know, how's this going to go? I mean, Obama is going to take some major flack one way or the other. Doesn't, you know, from one side or the other, it doesn't matter which way he chooses to go. It's it's going to be an uphill battle for him, and and that's too bad because I know he's got a lot of other agendas. You know, being the president that he needs to be. Focusing his attention on and and uh, cleaning up after BP and covering his own butt because of how they how they could spin this on him is man not an enviable situation that I'd want to be in. No, but that's part of what happens when you're the president, right? Everything gets spun this way and that way. Yeah, that's right. Well, it, you know, it's it's really interesting. I heard that there's you know there's people down in Louisiana that are you know they've got their "Don't Tread on Me" flags that they're flying out there right now, and, and they're just, from what I understand, they're getting really, really pissed off about this whole situation, and, uh, you know, if they, they, it might come down that they might actually be doing, you know, end up doing something about it, who knows, because I know if this was my, that was my backyard, I would certainly be uh, getting frustrated and need to, you know, feel like I need to do something too, so we'll see, we'll see, you know, if they end up organizing and, I don't know, create, doing marches or or, or what exactly ends up happening with the whole thing, but uh, certainly something to keep our eye on. Well, and I think another thing that's coming up, too, is the storm season, right? The hurricane season is about to begin. I think there was one kind of that already disrupted things. But if you think about that amount of energy and power from the weather, uh, stirring up the water, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like salt. If, if you're near the ocean you know, two or three miles inland, you're still being getting that corrosive effect of the salt from the sea water. And you have, to, you have to wonder how much of the, uh, you know, uh, of the oil, like a lot of the environmental scientists and, and other scientists, I shouldn't call them environmental scientists, but the scientists that are studying the environmental impact of the oil spill, they're saying, you know, oil doesn't evaporate with, with water. There will probably be some hydrocarbons in the 
in the water vapor that, of course, creates the cloud cover that rains down, and, uh, but nothing that would be probably any more significant than the normal pollution we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis in, in our lives. But uh, I'm kind of curious as to what happens when you've got a couple really violent storms and huge winds, and it just kind of blows the oil off the top of the of the sea, and uh, who knows how far it ended up going inland, and and what impact that would have. Um, yeah, I think they're watching a a little storm right now. I I know that they had one that they were keeping their eye on last week. It actually. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was last week, and it actually turned into a little bit of a hurricane. Hurricane Didn't cause Alex. Too much hurricane Alex. Yeah, I kind of veered off to the side there a little bit, but um. Well, they're expecting 14 to 23 storms that they're actually going to name, which is the wow. most ever anticipated by uh, the weather uh, group. It's NOAA. I'm not sure what that stands for. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, gosh, can you imagine trying to evacuate? The people in that area, you know, like how much of a, <laughs> a, a an undertaking that would be, you know, if you actually had a hurricane that's coming in and it's going to be a bad one, and it's going to be bringing all this oil and stuff with it too. Yeah, I mean, what if I, you have lightning talking. strikes? Can you imagine yeah. if you had a, a lightning bolt hit the the oil spill? You know, I I can only imagine, and and it's it's a scary thought because. I mean, you'd be talking, I mean, it would be like fire and brimstone. Uh, that's the only way I could imagine. I mean, people would not, I mean, I couldn't describe it any better than than a hell-like situation. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, gosh, a lightning bolt would definitely, you know, I, I could do it. And, and I can only imagine if it was flaming, you know, I mean, if it's like a flaming tornado or something like that. Uh, the just wow, that's that's incredibly, incredibly scary thought. Yeah, something to to think about and consider moving forward. Yeah, and uh, yeah, absolutely. I I don't know. It's all it's all pretty it's all pretty darn scary to me, and and I uh, and I, I just hope all I hope wish everybody the best out there that's in those areas, and I hope that you know if the, t if the time comes when they do need to get out that. Everybody can do it in time, and hopefully FEMA has learned a little bit since their last go-round with uh, with Katrina. I mean, you know, this I don't, I don't know. I heard uh, I heard on the radio there's people talking about the the FEMA workers are you know they're looking they're they're looking at abandoned lots and different land and areas and stuff like that. If something did you know, if something did happen, how would they you know, they're trying to get prepared, how to mobilize and and deal with the situation and. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a credit to them. That's a, that's a really good thing. They should be thinking proactively and thinking about, you know, what are they going to do if if the worst case scenario does happen? And I I, I think that that's going to hopefully give us give them a lot better. If something does happen, they'll, they'll have a lot better results in dealing with it than they did the first time around when they were pretty much caught with their pants, caught with their pants down. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so we're coming to the end of another exciting episode of uh, Secret Truths. Any last comments you want to uh, leave before we sign off, Mark? Nope, that's that's it. Ever just keep paying attention. Drop by the drop by Secret Truths and check out some of the little articles that we posted over there, and leave us some feedback and you know send us your thoughts and uh, what you guys think that uh, that we should be talking about. We certainly would appreciate it. 
And uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.